Hello and welcome to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. This is Marisa from the Tower Hill Production Team. Thanks so much for tuning in. Whenever or wherever you are listening from, we hope this podcast helps you grow in your faith, and we hope you share it with others so that they can grow in their faith too. The power of the tiniest of all seeds, the mustard seed. That is in part what we are talking about this week with Pastor Chris Derricks. He explores who Jesus really is by using the stories that Jesus tells called parables. He explains the kingdom of God and how it exactly fits into our lives today. You don't want to miss this one, so let's listen in right now. Good morning. How is everybody doing today? All right. So we have been traveling through a series in the Gospel of Matthew, and and the focus here is on Jesus' kingdom. And there is Jesus' kingdom, and then there's like kingdoms, kingdoms, right? And two weeks ago, I called it the upside-down kingdom. It's just different than other kingdoms. See, this kingdom grows like other kingdoms grow, but this one is out of love and healing, and it's just different. Um, This one is about good news, announcing the kingdom of God is here, and all sorts of crazy things are happening with this kingdom as as it moves through town. You know, in this kingdom, people who are prominent and higher up in society, they're actually lower in this kingdom, whereas in most other kingdoms, they're actually higher up, right? The ones that are actually higher up in this kingdom are actually the poor Uh, people who are sick, people who are just beaten down, they're the ones that are higher in this kingdom. It's the upside-down kingdom. Our focus today is on the kingdom, but then our response to the kingdom, like our response to the kingdom that's coming. And that response is different for everybody. You know, one of the ways that Jesus uh, taught people about this kingdom is he used a lot of stories, right? He used parables. And uh, it's an attribute that I absolutely love about Jesus because I'm a storyteller, sometimes a little bit too much. Uh, You know, sometimes I have to be like, all right, they don't want to hear my story right now. But I just, I love to hear, tell stories. And Jesus told stories all the time in parables. Um, and so we're going to talk about a couple of those, and the first one we're going to look at is the parable of the sower. So this comes from Matthew 13, 3 through 8. Here it is. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown? When I was younger, 
the very thought of playing golf was the stupidest thing to me, all right? I mean, I love going to the driving range when I was a kid. I mean, I would do the Happy Gilmore thing, right? I would try to hit the ball as hard as I could. My biggest goal was two things. I tried to shoot it over the net and got it out of the driving range, or there's that cart guy that used to go around picking up the balls. I try to hit the cart, right? But the idea of possibly playing for four hours on a single day chasing a little white ball seems like the most ridiculous, silliest thing. And, and you have to watch other people play, and then you have to go chase it, and then sit there, and it's slow, and it just seemed like the most ridiculous thing to me. At my last church, there was a guy, uh, he's an older gentleman, his name was Don Davis. I was really good friends with Don. Don was, uh, was in his 90s, and every Monday he would come into my office and say, Chris, come play golf with me. And I'd always say, Don, I'm too busy, I gotta write a sermon, I got a lot of stuff to do, I got kids at home, like I just can't cut out for four hours and play golf with you. I'm really sorry. Every Monday, he'd ask me. He never stopped. But a couple of years later, I always, you know, grew really liking Don a lot. We grew close, but I never said yes to him. And a couple of years ago, he passed away. And I remember at his funeral, just being super sad. I mean, just, just a great beacon of light in the church. And I was like, I never played golf with Don. I never did it. Uh, and then a couple months later, uh, someone came into my office and said, you want to play golf with me? And I was like, I got to say yes. Like, I didn't say yes to Don. I, I got to say yes. So I, I said yes. And it turned out that it was the right time in my life that I needed something like this. I was going through some anxiety issues. I had a lot of stress on my plate, and I just... I just, so I went with this guy in the church, and it turned out to be exactly what I needed. I needed four hours to get away and put my phone away, to, to enjoy God's creation, to talk about church and Jesus with, with someone of the church, and, and really just kind of breathe in and pray. And like, I needed that. But you know what? It was the right time of my life and the right soil that I was standing on. See, when Jesus introduces the kingdom of God, he shows four different soils here. He says, first you got the seed, it's spread here, and it's scooped up by birds real quick. This one. So it doesn't even get a chance. Then you got one that it's got rocks, lots of rocks, and some soil, and so the seed spread here, and it grows a little bit, but the roots don't go. And so the sun comes, it just scorches it, it, and it dies. So it doesn't really, it grows a little bit, but it doesn't much. Then you got the soil that, that had weeds all around it. Now, it was pretty good soil. Everything's growing pretty well here. And the weeds choked out the plant that was growing really well. So there was a plant that's growing really well, but there's so many other things around this, and it chokes out the plant because there's just too much here. But then you got the good soil, and that one is just growing, 
great right here. This is the good soil. So he introduces the four different soils of a response to the kingdom of heaven, right? You see, that one that was in the good soil was in the perfect place at the perfect time. But you know, here's the crazy thing about even if you're in the good soil, there's still a response that's needed from you. And when I look at my own journey of faith, I grew up in a great church, great leaders, youth leaders, like um, activities, like things were great there. But my faith was, eh, right? It was, eh. There was, there was a time that I could see myself in all four of these in my life. And I bet you, you might be able to say that too. There's a time that you actually could see yourself in all four. Like when I was young, I actually remember praying to God saying, this all sounds great. The Jesus thing sounds pretty good. It's pretty good for other people. But right now, my time in life, like, not a good thing. Like maybe later. God, you know, just give me some more time. So you just let this, this seed just be taken by birds right now because I don't need it, right? I don't need that right now. So my faith at one time in my life was just like the birds just taken away. It just, it just kind of went away, right? Then there was another time where it was like the rocky soil. My faith, I went on a mission trip or a retreat or a good Sunday, right? And, and I was like, oh, I feel pretty good. This faith thing, like, do, like I, I think that I think I'm growing a little bit. Like it's, it's, it's actually kind of taken. And I'd feel good for a second. But then I would go to school and I would tell someone about it and they, they challenged me and I was like, you know what? You're right, you're right. I don't, I don't believe that at all. Or, or, or I hit a trouble spot in my life and I'm like, oh, God wouldn't allow this. No, 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 no. So it grew for a little bit but killed off really quick. And then there's times where my faith, it grew. But there was a lot of things that also grew in my life around it. And in this one is interesting. I would even say that my faith was the center of my life in this one. But there was a lot of other stuff growing all around it. Uh, activities, busyness, uh, things going on in my life and all, all the things. Jesus is the center. I would say that. But really there's a lot of other things. And I'll even self-disclose right now, sometimes I still feel like sometimes I'm in this soil. I think it's one of the most common of our culture. Jesus, but a lot of other things. And it's interesting, but really what Jesus calls us to do is sometimes go into the garden and just weed through it, right? Just like you're weeding your garden. There's a lot of stuff choking out our faith in Jesus. But then there's times when I remember clearly the day where the soil was right and things were just flourishing and growing. Uh, the seed was spread and boom, wow, it was the perfect time, the perfect moment, and Jesus did the growing of everything. You know, and often I always thought that your life had to be in a really good place for the good soil to happen, right? The good soil means that you're, you're, you made a choice, you grew, and the faith grew, and it's, and it's good soil, it's a good place in your life. But don't be fooled by the good word. Sometimes the good soil is in some of the hardest places of our lives. 
talk stories about people. When God showed up the most and their faith grew was during a hard time of their life. That was when the good soil was there and things started to grow. Jesus showed up. Things made sense. So I can see myself in all four of these. Isn't it amazing? Maybe you can as well. Jesus later on told another parable, and here it is. This is the one of the mustard seed. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He's saying that the seed of faith doesn't even have to be that big. When I was golfing uh, last year, I, I used to go once a month, and I had two other pastor buddies, so three pastors going golfing. We did it once a month. And, and the thing is, if you know golf, uh, it's four people that go, and so if it's three of you and someone comes golfing by themselves, they throw that, that one person in the group, and, and then you make a foursome, right? Um, we never had the heart to tell the person that was thrown into our group that we were three pastors. We didn't want to ruin the guy's afternoon. We didn't care what anything that happened or he said. It really didn't matter to us. But we knew you tell a guy that he's golfing with three pastors, you just ruined the guy's day, right? And so, um, but it was inevitable. And around hole 13, he's like, so what do you guys do for a living? And we all just kind of looked at each other like, we're pastors. And he's like, you could see him just stare with a blank face and think about all he just said in 13 holes <laughs> and just stare at us. And he's like, well, and we hear this all the time as pastors, if I came into your church, the whole roof would fall down. And I hear that about once a month, right? And I always said the same response, well, if they made me the pastor there, and the roof hasn't fallen, then you're, you're going to be good. You're fine, right? And so um, Jesus is saying in this parable that the seed of faith, it doesn't even have to be that big. Like, you don't, a mustard seed is so small, yet it grows this ginormous tree that's 20, 30 feet. The mustard seed parable has this little faith and the tree can go. There is never a person that I say there's just no chance on them. Because with God, there is a chance. Because all he's asking for is just a little bit of faith. That is it. All it needs is the right soil, and it can grow. And we've been all in the four different soils, right? All it needs is the right soil and a little bit of faith. Jesus saying in his upside-down kingdom that you don't have to be the greatest moral person to, to, to understand this. You don't have to be like the Bible verse memorizing person to be in his kingdom. You don't have to be the super spiritual person. All he's saying is that you just have to start with a little bit of faith. 
That's it. After teaching about faith and the response to faith, as we, we've showed here, Jesus eventually sends the disciples on a boat. He often did that, but he sends them on the boat, said, go to the other side of the lake. He went up to pray uh, as they went off on the lake. And this is what happened after he did that. Check this out. This is Matthew 14, 25 through 33. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Here the disciples are on the boat, and the waves are picking up, the wind's picking up. They're just trying to get to the other side, and then they see this figure walking on the water. Now, I can actually use this illustration, but because I'm here now where you're near an ocean and sea and all sorts of stuff, right? Um, but could you imagine? First off, I couldn't imagine fishing in the dark or being on a boat in the dark. That's terrifying to me, okay? Some of you, it may not be terrifying to you. It's terrifying to me. But let's take it a step further. You're in the dark on a boat, and someone comes walking to your boat. It's freaky, right? I would say, I'm out. I'm out of here. I don't want to play anymore, right? And here the disciples are on the boat, and someone's walking. Of course they thought it was a ghost, because what else would it be walking on the water, right? But it turned out to be Jesus. And he says, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. What he's saying is, have just a little bit of faith. Have some faith. All of a sudden, Peter calls out, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water. And come, he says. Peter gets out and starts walking, but the wind came and he, he starts to sink, right? Do you remember two weeks ago, if you were here uh, when I was preaching, I said that be cautious of making fun of the disciples. Remember that? I, I said be cautious of making fun of the disciples because the disciples, in the way they are written into the gospel, is supposed to be exactly like us, the reader. And so you can't say, oh, stupid disciple, you made a mistake, because it's, they're actually talking about us when we read that. And so when I was a kid and I used to read this, I'm like, stupid Peter, Jesus is walking on the water in front of you, and you... you 
just needed a little bit of faith and you couldn't do it, Peter. You had no faith and here he is, Jesus in front of you, walking on the water, stupid guy. Um, but then I, I heard this from a guy named John Ortberg who wrote a book on this and uh, he, he turned it on its head, this whole, this whole story. He said, think about it. There was 11 other people on a boat sitting there next to Peter. <laughs> 11 didn't get out of the boat. 11 sat there and just said, I'm not getting out of the boat. I'm staying right here. It's safer. I don't know. There's someone walking on the water right now. Um, so why did Jesus call out Peter? You Think about it. He said, you have little faith. Why did he call out Peter? If he's the only one to get out of the boat, why would he call out Peter? And here's the reason. Peter sat in one of these soils. And he had the chance to take a step and be in this soil. Jesus meets us exactly where we are. He doesn't just meet the people that are really good faith or the people really low faith, Jesus meets us exactly where we are and he calls us to take a next step in faith. And what he saw in Peter was he just needed a little bit more faith. And so he said, you have little faith. But here's the thing. What we know is that right after Jesus died and resurrected and ascended into heaven, who led the church? It was Peter, the guy that jumped out of the boat. And there's times that we see in Acts, Peter literally kicking down the door of synagogues, coming in, and he's like, I got to tell you guys about this Jesus guy. Like, totally knowing that he could be killed at any moment, this is a guy who no longer is living with that fear because he's a guy that can take a step out of the boat. What does taking a step and the next step look like for you in your faith journey? Is it joining maybe a small group just to go a little bit deeper, right? Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe it's taking a step of leadership. Like you've been part of the church for a long time, but maybe you, got, you realize that you got things that you could give leadership, and maybe that's your step. Maybe it's as small and minuscule of saying a prayer to a God you always said you would never believe in, but it's starting to make some sense for you because you find yourself in a soil that is different than what you're normally used to. We're all taking steps in different places. The awesome thing is Jesus meets us exactly where we are and asks to take a next step, just like he did with Peter. Last week, we're finishing up baptizing people and doing remembering of baptisms, and it was awesome. And I totally got crushed by waves, just like you said. Um, I, I was at beach all summer long, at least once a week, and never had waves that big. And of course, on baptism day, we were getting crushed. Um, but so we're coming up out of the water, and it was just awesome. It was cool, but we're done. And we're, and we're packing up and, and just chatting on the beach, um, everything was over. And a lady comes up running down the beach and she's like, what are you guys doing here? And so I told her, I was like, we're doing baptisms and we're remembering our baptisms. Like, 
when God said you're my child, uh, when, you, when you were a baby or, or even maybe a little bit older, uh, we're just remembering baptisms. And she's like, that's really neat. That's, that's really neat. I, I like that. What church are you? And I said, well, we're from Tower Hill. She's like, are you kidding me? She said, I was baptized as a baby at Tower Hill. I, and she said, will you, do, will you do mine? Will you remember my baptism? And I said, sure, absolutely. Let's go down to the water. And she's like, you don't understand. I never go into the water. I don't want to go into the water. She's like, but I do want to do this. And I said, well, let's do it. Let's do it. And so we remembered her baptisms, and we chat for a little bit, and she just was emotional. It was an emotional moment. She did it. Last Sunday, she went to a beach just to be with her friends, with her family, and Jesus showed up. And all he asked was for a little bit of faith. She didn't even know that she was going to meet Jesus on that beach. And all he was asking was to take a step, just a next step. So she stepped. She took a step out of the boat. I can imagine that's pretty hard. It's pretty easy when you show up knowing you're part of the event. We've got a group of people we know. It's easy, right? But she took a step. It was a little more dangerous than our step. She took a step into a group that she didn't even know. And it was a step. May we, too, take that next step. And it may feel dangerous. It may feel risky, but it's worth it. It leads to a life filled with adventure, filled with just living life to an extent that you never even dreamed of. Peter took that step. Peter took, and when you read the book of Acts and his life after Jesus resurrected and ascended, and, and his, it's amazing. Peter took a step, changed his life. And I imagine him, years later, sitting around a fire. And they're like, what was it for you? Like, what changed your life with Jesus? And he's sitting around a fire. And he's like, there was a day that I stepped out of a boat. And I walked on water. That changed everything. May we too take a step. And it doesn't have to even be a big one.